running inside 10 seconds. They have two timeouts. Can they win it right here? Mahomes on the move. Throws. Touchdown. Kansas City wins. Miko Hardman. Unbelievable. He's the best player I've ever seen in my life. Unbelievable. Samesies, Dan. <laughs> Samesies. That would be the international call uh, with Chris Fowler, Lewis Riddick, and Dan Orlovsky, the uh, touchdown there. So lots of different calls on that. You had the uh, uh, the Chiefs call. You had Westwood 1. You had the TV. You had the international. You had the Korean. Uh, you had a lot of different uh, uh, calls uh, for that touchdown there. And Dan Orlovsky, he's the best player I've seen in my life. And I agree with that. People can argue goat and all of the different stuff. That's fine. Uh, he's the best player I have ever seen play football or quarterback and whatever you want to make a distinction between the quarterback position as opposed to the best player I've ever seen play football might be a defensive tackle that's just fast and whatever it might be, whatever. Um, I thought you were but, just going to describe Aaron Donald there for a second. Like, I mean, that would be reasonable. It would be reasonable if somebody said actually the best football I've ever seen, football player I've ever seen is Aaron Donald. How strong and quick and fast he is and the things that he can do inside the trenches where the, the game is played and the real grind of it. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, that's fine. Um, uh, best quarterback that has ever lived uh is so the most important player at the most important position in sports and he's the best to ever do it that i've ever seen is uh, is patrick mahomes so uh, totally right dan he also has the most to do like i i love a yeah, defensive sure. lineman and all of the different the different ways we can have that conversation there are plenty of fine answers but the way that patrick mahomes is playing the quarterback position and the things we saw him do on sunday no, he's just the greatest football player we've ever seen. Bill Barnwell said yesterday on Around the Horn that um, he was asked about, you know, the overtime stuff, and he was like, you know, people are making too big a deal about the overtime uh, conversation. The overtime isn't the issue. The issue is on third down and four, the incomplete pass, not blocking Chris Jones, yep. and then kicking the field goal there, thinking that that was going to be enough to beat Patrick Mahomes. Uh, choosing to get the ball first, you know, uh, is part of it. And and when he said choosing and, and not blocking Chris Jones, he then – parentheses said who i think could have been mvp or should have been mvp of this game parentheses and went on and it was like whoa uh tony reality was like that's a uh, hot take there from bill barnwell that he thinks chris jones should have been mvp of this game chris jones was awesome he was really good um and if somebody wanted to say and i've seen this uh, a number of times and i think it is fair that the chiefs in the second half against the ravens and until two minutes of the first half against the 49ers did not score chiefs offensively did Understandable that the defense was that good that they were then able to win by seven against the Ravens and only be down by seven against the 49ers at halftime. That's how good the defense was. And if somebody wants to say that, that's perfectly fine because there are Super Bowls that have been won by all-time great quarterbacks that the defense was amazing. Tom Brady has multiple rings on his finger that he won because of a defense. Peyton Manning, his second ring, was because the defense was otherworldly against the number one offense in the Carolina Panthers. We talked about, you know, an offense like the Broncos that year to win a Super Bowl. What did it take? It took defensive scores. It took turnovers. It took short fields. It took, you know, field goals and things like that. Uh, that was Peyton Manning. And he, no, nobody looks at Peyton Manning's two Super Bowls and, and goes, yeah, but, you know, offensively, 
he only really earned one on offense. No, he's got two Super Bowls, which I think you have to have multiple Super Bowls to be in contention for the uh, the GOAT, for the, the greatest of all time. And that was before then um, Tom Brady went on and won like four more you know, after that, which is absurd, right? Um, but, yeah, he's uh, he is the, the absolute best that, uh, that I have uh, ever seen play the game. And uh, uh, Field Yates yesterday, when we asked him how many Super Bowls for Patrick Mahomes, he said eight. I will say what I said yesterday, which is that I'd take it. Yeah, I'll settle at a court right now. I said last year going into the Super Bowl against the Eagles um, when uh, we had talked about it on the air, and I said, I think if I'm predicting right now, Mahomes gets five Super Bowls in his career. And two years later, he went from one at that time. Yeah. And I thought he would get to five. He would win five Super Bowls, uh, maybe get to seven or eight, but win five Super Bowls. Now he's got three, and I don't – I, I, there's no other choice but to amend that. To think that he's got three already and only two more would be the rest of the way would also be eliminating the fact that these were difficult to get. There's a play here there along the way that the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl, but it would be hard-pressed to say he could play another 15 years and would only win two. I mean, know the Patriots win a decade without one, but... That's the thing. So two two different two different things. One is if you went back to, that, to the, the Monday after the first Super Bowl... If you would have said, "Hey, Josh, I can guarantee you three, <laughs> I, I would have, I, yeah. I would have felt like such a moron, being like, "No, let's let this play out." And I don't, I don't even feel bad about yeah. that now yeah. because, yeah, and, and look, hey, maybe I did hit that button, and we got them all three already out of the way, and the rest of the rest <laughs> of Mahomes' career is going to be kind of sad. I don't know. You shut your mouth. I hope that's not the case. And, and now, I think I would take it if you said five. If you said they'll win two more in the next ten or fifteen years. That sounds crazy, because if you said, hey, will Mahomes average one Super Bowl every five <laughs> years from here on out? I would say, yeah, and it makes sense that he'd play 15. You so now you're what? at six. Yeah. That, I would. Yeah, I would. That's, that's yeah. pretty, pretty good. I wasn't in the right headspace for the halftime show you're at fine. the time, so it really did not, it did not settle with my soul. I get it. I still haven't rewatched it, because um, all I did yesterday was sleep. So <laughs> I, I still have a hard time in that conversation, because the others, so that, that's like leg one is... I would have taken three. Right now, I think I would consider taking five, but I also think that he averages probably one every four years, maybe, from here on out, giving you three and 12 for the next act of his career. <laughs> like, that is, of course, way behind the pace of what they've done so far. That, for me, is all just that just pure respect for how hard this is, because to your yeah. point, you're always a play away. The Patriots were a player two away from having two more rings, and they were, sh- I'm sure, a player two away at one point or another of losing two yeah. or three along the path, not even Absolutely. necessarily in the Super Bowls. So I-, I just still can barely wrap my head around that because those numbers get so they get so enormous so quickly. The other thing is that at this point in the career, as I read you all the Mahomes and, and Brady stats yesterday, right now, at this moment, in their corresponding careers, Brady went the next decade without winning one. What that also means is that Mahomes could not win one for the next decade and still be on pace with Tom Brady, <laughs> which is also insanity. Yeah. I All of that to me is eventually leads to me being a stuttering mess of trying to do math and have reasonable expectations. But reasonable expectations have had the doors blown off them at every turn with Patrick Mahomes so far. And I don't want to feel greedy, but I do want to appreciate and still continue to expect 
unprecedented greatness because that's what Mahomes has brought to Kansas City so far. There's so many Super Bowls you can go back to and look at and go, man, if this happened or that happened, you know, we're talking about a different team. Well, fine, that, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, every um, you know the the Super Bowl uh, 54, and if the 49ers would have done this or that, they had a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter, whatever. Uh, last year, you know, uh, Nick Bolton picks up a, a scoop and score from Jalen Hurts that just dropped a football. Okay, um, you know, maybe the holding call doesn't happen, and then the Eagles get the ball back. The Chiefs kick a field goal. The Eagles get the ball back and score a touchdown or kick a field goal and it goes into overtime, what have you. Um, you know, this one, obviously, the different things that could have happened in this particular game in overtime. But also, the last two Super Bowls won by Tom Brady in New England, they came back from 28-3, to yeah. and they won a coin toss in the AFC Championship game. Yep, great points. And and so, like, we, we don't look back on those and go, well, Brady has seven, and he might only have three if this or that. Who cares? You know, the, the Adam Vinatieri, if he sucked, you know, it might be completely different. Tuck rule. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that go into what took place with, um, you know, the, the over the course of somebody's career in winning all of those. But he's got three already. And that's probably what I would have, uh, looking back after he won one, I think uh, I might have had that conversation on the air of like, okay, what would you take right now? And and it, at some, I might have at that point went to yeah. make sure you validate this run, that you can't end this run with only one, right? Because Aaron Rodgers had one and lots of We spent 50 years one. talking about one. <laughs> I, I will never feel bad for yeah. expecting too little because yeah. I expected too much my whole life before that. Yeah. I, I won't feel bad about expecting too little because it felt like one was too much. Yes, 100%. Exactly, 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 exactly. Let's bring in Keith to the conversation, 913-3810-810. Keith, go right ahead. What's on your mind, sir? Yeah, two quick comments. Uh, yep. I, I, feel, I feel like if anybody's deserving of an MVP for the Chiefs, it, it should have been uh, co-shared with uh, Harrison Buckner in the defense. I feel like Harrison Buckner in the defense, they pretty much won every game this year for the Chiefs. Uh that's number one. And the second comment is, is in the wake of, of uh, the Royals announcing that they're going to be building a new stadium. What do you guys think about the idea of the Chiefs tearing down Kauffman Stadium and then building a more modern stadium like Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas? Keith, uh, I appreciate the phone call. I will say this. Um, the Chiefs have talked about um, you know what they may do, may not do. Uh, and I think they're pretty set on renovating Arrowhead Stadium for having that for at least another 20 years. And they will tear down Kauffman Stadium, but they are going to make that into something that I think they would own. Um, added revenue there, but uh, Clark Hunt had said maybe a, a more, um, even more things to do on a tailgating experience for Chiefs fans. Uh, maybe there'll be a hotel there. Maybe there'll be something else. But uh, the Chiefs will definitely do something with that space. It will not be tearing down Arrowhead and Kaufman or tearing down Kaufman building on that site and then tearing down Arrowhead once that uh, stadium is built up. Uh, they're going to stay at Arrowhead for, for, you know, 20 years and or at least 20 more years maybe, uh, and we'll see what they do after that. So, uh, And, look, if, if somebody wanted to argue, you know, the defense, how good they were, Butker, how good he is, yeah, it, that's been the theme of this season is the offense finding enough points and playing complementary football for this team to get wins it's just when Mahomes does what he does late in the game and just simply becomes Superman goes into the phone booth and comes out wearing a cape it's tough to say that somebody else is MVP because you sort of forget about that but even Peter King in his Monday morning quarterback or football morning in America uh, Andrew Brandt does Monday morning quarterback now at Sports Illustrated but football morning in America Peter King at NBC said it wasn't till the game was over 
that he texted the guy who's keeping track of all of the uh, uh, the, the MVP votes and texted Mahomes. But until then, he had uh, different people in mind. He had um, uh, Nick Bosa. He talked about him. He talked about Juwan Jennings. Uh, he had talked about Brock Purdy. He had talked about some defensive players for the Chiefs. And it wasn't until the end that he just went, I mean, he's the man. Yeah. And just said Mahomes. But And I think that's been the case with Mahomes' two of his three. Yes. Super Bowl MVPs. It wasn't until both of them were, two of those three were debatable as to, okay, who deserves the MVP. There was no debate last year that the quarterbacks were going to be MVPs, whoever won that game, because they were just dueling boxers, heavyweights in the ring, landing blow after blow after blow. And uh, Jalen Hurts was even talked about, should he be a losing team MVP because he was that brilliant in that game? But the first one against San Francisco, Mick and I got in a conversation last week about Damian Williams, <laughs> whether he should have been the MVP, uh, which I totally disagree with. I think it should have been Patrick Mahomes. And I'm perfectly fine with Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP this go-around. But if somebody wanted to make a case and say duel, tie between Butker, but you can't give it to an overall unit. That's right. That, part of the, I, the rule is a unit cannot get it. It must be an individual player. But there can be a tie. So you'd have to pick out one player of the defense to be tied with Butker. Yep. And that Chris Jones would have been a totally reasonable, and he didn't. He didn't record a sack, so it was harder for the counting yeah. numbers. That is not my, me saying he was not unbelievably damn yeah. impactful. That's me saying it makes it harder for him to get the votes. McDuffie had a reasonable McDuffie case. Was... It's very hard to do that again without like a pick or a forced fumble. He was outrageous so many times in the game. I think if the Chiefs like have a long kick return and a couple of runs, and then Butker nails like a 57-yarder, and obviously that one would have just tied it. But there, I think there was a world where Harrison Butker was the next closest chief to, to yeah. getting MVP of that Super Bowl. I'm with you on that one. Let's bring in Andre to the conversation, 913-3810-810. Andre, go right ahead. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, what's going on, guys, man? So much great conversation about the team today. And uh, for the Patrick Mahomes uh, MVP deal, uh, I think at the end of the day, I think he completed almost 74% of his passes and 399 yards in total offense. And to me, I think that equals, uh, equals MVP. We could not run the football. He provided a running game for the team. So the MVP yeah. talk, I think, man, is uh, no question Patrick Mahomes. And as far as quarterback, the way it go down in history, uh, Peyton Manning might have been better from the pocket. Maybe Tom Brady. Uh, he can't outrun Michael Vick. He can't, he can't outrun Lamar Jackson. But when you look at a combination – of a quarter being able to do all things, I think Patrick Mahomes is right there with anybody in the history of the game. It probably is, when it's all said and done, going to be the best. I do want to talk about Travis Kelsey for a second, people being yeah. you know, somewhat outraged about his behavior on the sideline. I mean, who, who, who do they think Travis Kelsey is? Have they not been watching this team all season long, the relationship between him and Andy Reid? Andy Reid chest bumping him in games. Andy Reid jumping in fighting, saying, don't give the SOB his helmet back. He can't get in the game. I mean, we're talking about a tight end that has the audacity to catch yeah. a 35 40 yard pass down the field and turn around and throw a bullet to the Darius Tony on a lateral to just about yeah. win the game. This guy has that type of audacity. He has that type of swag. And I think that's the greatness of Travis Kelsey. And I don't think Andy Reid's the type of guy that tries to get Travis Kelsey to turn it, to, to tone it down. This yeah. is who he is. This is, this is the Kansas City Chief. He has the most swag of any tight end in the history of the game. Uh, they have a great relationship, and I think Andy Reid's humility uh, uh, and to allow his players to express themselves is one of his greatest attributes. A lot of coaches could not have taken that. Uh, this is not, and, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to get off, for the, for the fans out there that might be outraged about traffic, this, this is not your cubicle. This is not your uh, normal mm-hmm. office where you can go in and you can bump your boss, your HR guy. This is football. Football is a game that's played with a lot of emotion, 
a lot of hard on the sleeve, and that's the only way you can play this game and play it at that level and come away with a Lombardi trophy. You got to lay it all on the line. And we got guys that definitely do that for 60 minutes or even more. That's what's necessary to bring home the Lombardi. So, guys, great show. Uh, I'll be listening, man. Go Chiefs! Andre, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for being a part of the show as well. Those were awesome points. Great points. And I know they're awesome points because on the other side of the break, we'll hear from Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald and Jim Gray have a conversation about this. And the points that Andre brought up are some of the points that Larry Fitzgerald and Tom Brady bring up who have been there, done that in the heat of the moment. Uh, So I know those are great points. But we do have audio. Uh, You know, the mic'd up is going on. Yeah. Um, So we actually do have audio mic'd up. Of, um, of Travis Kelsey screaming at Andy Reid and what he was screaming about. So, um, uh, Dylan, if you can, here's the audio that we have uh, that they have released as uh, Travis Kelsey approached Andy Reid. <laughs> you see my text, Dylan. It's an understandable, completely totally. shocking thing if you didn't see Jason's text. Totally. And the number of times that I think Jason has texted you like a texted you like a throw on remote may now be one. <laughs> I found it, yes. So this is just look, the chemistry oh, you found comes it with time. Okay, Dylan, so you have found the you audio. Located the audio. Okay, great. Uh here is the here's let's should we should we start that over? All right, three, two, and one. Long run we have released uh, or found the audio. NFL yeah. has put it out there, the mic'd up, they've been doing the mic'd up stuff. Uh and Dylan was digging. He's and this digging. is big credit to Dylan. Digging yes. Dylan we call for, him. for finding it. this. Um that uh this is the audio as Travis Kelsey approached Andy Reid what he was yelling about. threatened to stab him that's really the news fascinating fascinating to hear that uh and now i completely disagree with what, what most everybody else was talking about that he was so locked into the game and so emotional and passionate and yet he's talking about glenda the good witch uh, whether or not she's a witch or a princess that seems like an odd time to really get into that argument hey, look sometimes sometimes the emotions just come out at the times you're most emotional and um, also, just the other to Andre's other point, Patrick Mahomes ended up with 399 yards of total offense. We have completely, completely glossed over the fact that he led the Chiefs in rushing. Let him in rushing. So remember when we talked last week about how you know currently uh, Patrick Mahomes leads the Chiefs in playoff uh, rushing yards. Isaiah Pacheco <laughs> only needs that 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 to overtake him. That's right. Well, Mahomes has now extended that lead by seven yards. Seven yards. Uh, uh, he was uh, he was 14 yards away from Christian McCaffrey's rushing total. There's a stat somewhere where the Chiefs had 280 some yards in the second half and he had 260 of them himself <laughs> he's just brilliant man just absolutely brilliant the last two drives of the game he went 13 of 16 and had a 114 quarterback rating through a touchdown uh, got him in field goal range carried the ball four times three of those resulted in first downs I mean, just uh, just when you had to have it, he goes to a different level, and that's why the Chiefs win that game, and Dan Orlovsky goes, he's the best I've ever seen. He's the best I've ever seen do it. Uh, Travis Kelsey's the best I've ever seen do it as well, um, and also I think he makes great points about Glenda the Good. So uh, also, uh, she wore a crown, and she came down in a bubble, Andy. Get it. Grow up. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll hear from 
actual people that have played it uh, weigh in on those things. And there was actually some mic'd up that the NFL Films released uh, this morning of uh, some things in the game, and we'll play that, uh, which is fun to hear what was happening with Patrick Mahomes' mic as uh, he was calling the Tom and Jerry play. We'll the prequels that. aren't as bad as people say they are. All right, we're hanging out at Rally House Power and Light location today until 2 o'clock. And all 16 of the KC Metro Rally House locations are getting the full Super Bowl collection that is uh, at all of these different places. Getting you set for the parade tomorrow and just simply having the gear from Super Bowl Championship number 4 in the uh, Chiefs organization, Super Bowl Championship number 3 in the last five years, back-to-back champions for the first time in two decades, going for a three-peat for the first time ever are the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, this rally house uh, got about uh, 90 boxes uh, delivered this morning as I was walking in, just unloading an entire UPS truck of boxes and boxes and boxes. And that's going on at all the different rally house locations. So uh, uh, you can go and check that out in the Super Bowl hats. And um, I'm waiting right now for the... um, the, uh, the the uh, the the Super Bowl shirts of the the, the now women's uh, Super Bowl shirts because they were sold out of that. So I'm waiting for uh, for those to that box to open up and go over and uh, grab some one uh, and uh, and some uh, children and and uh, things like that. Not grab children, but children's shirts. <laughs> you know, just like is this child available to purchase? This is much easier than the adoption uh, system. We just go ahead and do this. Uh, all right, uh, let's uh, let's hear from. Let's hear from Jim Gray. Uh, Jim Gray, Tom Brady, Larry Fitzgerald. It's the Let's Go podcast they release on uh, Monday nights uh, during the week, sometimes Tuesday night, but mostly Monday nights uh, during the week. Um, here's uh, that, that uh, conversation. It's Jim Gray, Tom Brady, Larry Fitzgerald about the Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid bump. It's a longer clip. There's about four minutes of them talking uh, through what they saw and what goes down on sidelines and their opinion on uh, what they made of uh, that interaction. Tommy, there's an emotion in the game. I guess when you have 120 million folks watching something, you know, it hits everybody differently. That just seemed normal to me, just having been around sports, you know. Um, it, this wasn't this wasn't uh, Latrell Sprewell co- uh, choking. <laughs> C.J. Carlissimo. Uh, P.J. Carlissimo. I was a Warriors fan at that time, too. That really, I, was, I, I knew our season was f- then (laughs) but i mean you know and i guess it's a big deal but it just didn't seem like a big deal (laughs) there's always little family issues and you know i I, of course i don't mind seeing it you know because i was a part of a lot of those things you're thinking emotions are so high you are definitely not centered and balanced you're not in a meditative state at that point you are fully determined to go after and to win so i think a lot of the things that are said during the games people should just let them fly off their back and I actually think Coach Reed handled it just awesome like he always does because he just said, you know, uh, I, I was a little off balance and, you know, Travis is, is such a competitor and I love that because it just speaks to, you know, his his leadership ability because some coaches get so sensitive and, oh, you embarrassed me and you did that. And, man, you're, you know, you're a competitor, you're an athlete and you get out there and you've had the credibility that Travis has and you've had – that all pro experience and you've won Super Bowls and you, 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 you know, I know certain players that would die to come off the field in those moments. I mean, Julian Edelman was a great example. Uh, when I played with Randy in the 07 Super Bowl, I mean, we didn't want to take them off for one play. 
And they're thinking, if we're going down, I'm out here every play trying to contribute. I doubt Fitzy came out when it mattered the most in any big game. So that's when your team needs you the most, and that's, I think, Travis was just trying to to convey. Yeah, I mean, when you get after Bill O'Brien or Josh McDaniels, you love those guys. It's just, yeah. it's just a moment. It's just in the battle. It's it's a, How come the fans don't, can't, don't understand that, or how come it's made into something it's not? Because most of the people have never competed on this stage before, Jim, so they don't have they don't have anything to base it off of. You know, you haven't competed at the highest level when – when everybody is watching with all the mar- for all the marbles, it's hard for you to be able to to say like what are they thinking, you know, because they can't, they just can't relate to it. No, and I think too, it's um because a lot of it's out of context. They they don't understand the context of that moment from a player coach standpoint. As Fitzy said, they haven't necessarily been in that situation. So I've been heated a lot. Fitzy's been heated a lot. You know, you, you there's a lot of things we probably said that never went to air in the Super Bowl. They go from. 45 cameras at the game to 145 cameras at the game. So you can't pick your nose without them seeing absolutely everything. And I know they would probably see that one anyway, but, you know, a lot of these things get blown out of proportion. I'm just happy that the coaches and the players don't, and they just moved on and got to what the meat of the game was, which was a great performance and a great team win. And that's all anyone should be talking about today anyway. And I think it, 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 what the other thing it shows me is, again, I spoke about Coach Reed is, and, and Travis, but like it's, it speaks to the self-confidence that Coach Reed has in himself too. Cause he doesn't take that personally at all. He doesn't look at that and feel like someone offended him or he takes it for what it is and doesn't make it more than it is and doesn't see like someone's trying to belittle him. He's not trying, Travis is not trying to do any of those things. He's just trying to, be fired up and stay in the moment. And, and you could see the level of intensity he had in the pregame, during the game, in the postgame, when he was singing Viva Las Vegas. I mean, he was on fire last night. So, you know, he gets to go out there and, you know, to the victory go the, to the victor goes the spoils, and, and, and they, they had it going. That's a great point you just made about Andy Reid. That's, that's yeah. really a great point, really insightful. Uh, it, it speaks to not only the knowledge that you have, but just the the – not only his greatness, Coach Reed's, but understanding that's what's going on here. That um, that part about Andy Reed, I thought was uh, really interesting. About you know he wasn't sensitive. He didn't get embarrassed by it. He wasn't felt like he was being shown up. He had enough confidence, and he was um, he 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 was uh, secure enough in his ability as a coach that. I know what's going on with Travis, and I'm just going to get back to doing what I'm doing. How many other guys? I don't know what the answer might be, but I'm guessing there are some other emotional coaches on the sideline that would have fired back, and it would have been an argument, and it would have gone back and forth, and that wasn't the case. Uh, and I talked a little bit about it yesterday, Josh, when we were at the Rally House at Oak Park, that I think it was Adam Dravetta that tweeted out and said, you know, how many great leaders out there and leaders of men, if somebody's that emotional, are you going to fire back and then meet them at their emotion? Right. Or they're going to go ahead and let it out, and you're going to go, are you done? Meet okay, them let's or talk. escalate it another yes. level, and now you right. have a problem. Yeah. Are you done? Okay, great. Now let's get back to it. And they had an interaction against the uh, in the Raiders game, right? They had that when Andy Reid then takes the helmet, uh, and that's not happening. They had an interaction where Travis Kelsey was walking over, and Andy Reid grabs Travis Kelsey's arm. Yes. You know, which was – is that wrong that Andy Reid grabbed Travis Kelsey's arm in a game earlier this year because Andy Reid was so mad at him that grabbed his arm to, to bring him over to him? Well, that's, uh, that is absurd. A coach should never touch a player like that. Well, there is context in that 
particular relationship there that I don't think Travis Kelsey took offense to that because he knows Andy Reid loves him. Andy Reid knows Travis Kelsey loves him. They've been around each other for 11 years. Yes. Um, and, and, and so I, I do think the context of it and those guys talking about the emotions, but I, I, I think one of the better points there, and, and Andre made uh, some of the same points, is that, boy, you, you see the way Andy Reid handled that. That's a guy who's not sensitive doesn't get embarrassed, is secure enough in knowing what the deal is and doesn't feel like he's getting shown up by anybody. The other word that we can add in, into all of this, and it, hey, everybody, it makes it a little more complicated, so go ahead and, and strap up your chin straps, but is respect between the people involved. It's one of the things that separates this from times when you do see a scene like that and you go, oh, one of these people needs, like, help, help. Um, if you see a high school football coach grab a high schooler by the face mask and yank him over to yell in his face or to slap him on the helmet mm-hmm. because they screwed up on something, that person should not be coaching high schoolers. If if you I, there there have been scenes from from high school games where a player was running over with his helmet in his hand, holding it by the face mask to wield it as a weapon to go after somebody. That's we we are talking about anger and and violence and taking it out in ways that are not in the in the midst of an even respectful relationship. Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid are both future NFL Hall of Famers. They are both arguably the GOAT at their position, and if they're not one, they're two at both of their positions. They've been together for a decade. I think that going back, like you said, Andy Reid holding the helmet away or grabbing Kelsey by the arm, there there is a there is precedent for all of this. There is precedent for Travis Kelsey chest bumping Eric Bieniemy and then giving the guy cutting him a freaking promo as to why he should be a head coach of an NFL team someday. If if, if Andy Reid retires before Travis Kelsey does, which I don't think is a guarantee, and neither of them are doing it yet, Mike Florio, sorry, um, who's also been talking about Eric Bieniemy today, by the way. If it comes from Retiring? Florio uh, about him coming back to Kansas City, I saw a tweet as, as offensive coordinator. A lot of moving parts. If it's coming from Florio, give it three days, and then somebody who knows what they're talking about will clarify it for you. Um, general rule of thumb for the offseason. But if if Eric Bieniemy was available and Andy Reid was retiring, I think Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes would be the first two guys at the podium saying, no, no, that we want that guy back here in some capacity, maybe leading the whole operation. All of that is a part of that relationship between the two of them. Look, if Andy Reid is exp- – could could Travis Kelsey have come in a little less hot right there? Absolutely. Would Travis Kelsey right now have liked to have been able to deliver a bump that was not knocking Andy Reid off balance? Sure. Does anyone worry about Andy Reid getting knocked off balance, landing on top of Chris Jones in the celebration <laughs> of all of that? No, because the scene and the setting was all very different. Kelsey was angry. The, the game was getting away from them. This was a Super Bowl that all of them wanted so badly. It's right there, and he's not on the field in these big plays when he wants the football. That's all within the context of those guys having the utmost respect for each other as professionals and as human beings who have spent so much time together. If you did that to your best friend, it would be very different than doing it to your boss. And making Andy Reid Travis Kelsey's boss in that circumstance is is not equivalent. If he did that to Clark Hunt on the sideline, <laughs> it would be different. The scene yeah. would be different. Andy Reid is closer to the to a, a fellow superstar player than he is to Clark Hunt to the to those guys in the locker room. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um. And and look, I I don't think it was a great look. No, uh, sure. And, and I think Travis Kelsey, you know, would love to have it back yep. if he. But I think they also both acknowledge what was going on at the time in the moment, and I acknowledge that as well of uh, of what took place. But I don't think uh, Travis Kelsey would probably go. Yeah, I want to do that again. That was uh, yep, that totally was, love it. Uh, love uh, everything that happened there, and I wouldn't change 
change anything about that. Of course. Of course you would. You live and you learn. But you talking about Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid, like, you understand that with Travis Kelsey. Those are the emotions of somebody who is going to be as passionate as he is. And you know what you get when you got somebody that's that passionate? He's that passionate about everything that he does on the football field and preparing to the point that you have players saying they were moved to tears on the speech he gave the night before. Whatever went on in that speech, I would freaking love, love, love to hear if that audio was ever leaked or put out of what Travis Kelsey said to the team that they say was one of the best speeches, pregame speeches that was ever given, and Patrick Mahomes, uh, then his first words were, how do I follow that? <laughs> That's one of the reports that was out there, is that Patrick Mahomes uh, got there and said, how do I follow that? Um, and, and that's just sort of that mentality. And uh, from um, uh, Peter King, as, as we go to break, uh, Peter King attended practices all last week as the pro football writer's pool reporter. Uh, he writes, uh, you know, a short little write-up on what happened at practice. And um, and he said, uh, Kelsey paced the field like a captive tiger when he wasn't in. He yelled at the offense that third down has to be a mentality. There has to be a drive to convert every one of them. He yelled a few other things that shan't be repeated here. But this guy was Mr. Intense all week. I have a mental picture of Kelsey sprinting 40 yards in jersey and shorts, uh, legs like powerful pistons running all out, even when he was five yards clear of his closest pursuer. Kelsey ran like he was trying to steal second in a tie game in the seventh game of the World Series when he was on the practice field. Players like Mahomes and Kelsey realize the game's never over. They realize they want the ball in their hands when there's a play to be made. Two cases in point. Kelsey angrily jostled Reed on the sideline early in the game, and it seemed to stun Reed. He came out of nowhere, Reed told me post game, but that's him. He's wound up so tight. He says, don't count me out. I'm good. I can do this. I love that intensity. It radiates. It's a behind-the-scenes view of what yes. Kelsey was all week. Yes. That he's talking about Kelsey is sprinting like he's trying to steal second in the seventh game of the World Series after he catches the pass, after he's clear from defenders while he's wearing shorts in practice. That, that's how you get to be the GOAT, is you do those small things constantly, and you don't take that rep off. We talked about the attention to detail and the intensity without Eric Bieniemy on this team. Matt mm-hmm. Nagy's not that guy. Andy Reid is even-keeled. The other new positional coaches, are they're either new and, and young coaches or they're the steady vets that have been Andy Reid guys through and through for decades. This is the week that Travis Kelsey, maybe more than ever, turned up the intensity. I think he was playing Eric Bieniemy and Travis Kelsey all in one a little bit, and, and they, uh, yeah. they're going to have a parade around this street here tomorrow about this time in large part because of all that. And he might be a little more subdued. Um, or tomorrow. less. I mean, in I a different know. way. I said in might. a different way. <laughs> he might be. If Travis Kelsey wants to chest bump me, I'll take it. He might be less subdued. Here we go. I'll turn to vapor. Uh, I will handle it worse than Andy Reid did. <laughs> yeah, because you'll hit the ground. Yes, I will. <laughs> we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We are hanging out at Rally House Power and Light location where the parade will be going on right by this location tomorrow at this time. Uh, because the parade will start at 11 o'clock tomorrow. 12.45 is when the ceremony will take place on stage at Union Station. But they're getting you set for the parade and just simply enjoying back-to-back Super Bowl champions are the Kansas City Chiefs, Rally House 16, KC Metro, Rally House locations. You can check them out also, rallyhouse.com. We take a time out. We come back. More Zone next. I wrap it up this hour hanging out at Rally House Power and Light location as uh, – we continue hanging out here. They're getting you ready for the parade tomorrow. It'll be going on this time, 24 hours from now, well, 23 hours from now, but this time tomorrow they will be heading down Grand. And we'll also be broadcasting uh, from uh, the parade tomorrow.
tomorrow uh, on the parade route, so you can uh, make sure you're uh, tuned in for that. About 12.45 is when they will have their uh, ceremony at the podium down at Union Station. But Rally House, our location today at the Power and Light District, they continue to get shipments in throughout the day, tons this morning shipments in, so... They're getting brand new stuff, new sizes and everything. If uh, you've been looking for some stuff, Rally House here at Power and Light has a bunch of new things, new boxes that are opening up uh, constantly throughout the day, and that's going on at uh, 16 KC Metro Rally House locations with the full Super Bowl champs gear for the parade and back-to-back as well. Myron Medcap next.